You're listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between running and positive mental health. We do this by talking to runners from all walks of life who generously share their experiences with us. So you don't miss an episode, I've created an email list for you to join. Check the show notes for more details. Without further ado, I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. Today we talk to Steve Appleby. And when we chat with him, we find out what it looks like when you're retired and you're totally addicted to mountain running. Enjoy. Welcome to this episode of the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. Today we are speaking to Steve Appleby. Hello, Steve. Welcome. Hello. I'm good. Thank you. Good. I'm so glad that you chose to come on and said yes, because I you were referred by someone else down in Hobart. Um Kate. 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 Kate referred to you. So that's yeah. very exciting. Oh. And then, of course, like running normally is, especially in a small place like Tasmania, I was like, oh, I'm pretty sure I've had a chat with you before, Steve. And we've we've, we've nearly always places. met. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I have actually, I'm positive I've talked to you before yes, sure. at a couple of our runs that we've um, we've attended. So it's exciting to get to know more about you, though, because when you're at the start of a line, you do get to say, oh, yes, talk about the weather and the race ahead and things, but you don't always get to dig into, you know, what work you've done or where you come from and all that sort of thing, which we'll get to do today. So, yes, very good. Yes, let's go. Okay. So tell me, Steve, where did you grow up? Um, I'm a Tasmanian. I grew yeah. up on the northwest coast. At, ah. um, I grew up in Latrobe. I went to ah. school in Latrobe and at Devonport. Oh, and awesome. um, when I turned about 19, I was working for a bank working for the old bank of new south wales and they transferred me to hobart mm-hmm. so um and then i lived in hobart for eight years got transferred didn't run then back that was all through my 20s okay. didn't run i tried to play cricket very poorly more there for the social aspect of um you know saturday morning going to the pub and having yeah. a few drinks afterwards sort yeah. of thing um eventually then got transferred back to olverston on northwest mm-hmm. coast of tassie yeah. and uh, obviously there was no cricket then so I started playing golf so yeah. I was still getting exercise yeah, um, if moving. we're talking about running but not necessarily running but I was still getting some exercise rode the bike to work sort of thing um, played golf then for 10 years and I wasn't overly good but I had a cap of about nine or ten for most yeah. of that which is okay yeah um, and that was back in the 19 uh 80s and 90s I'm talking mm-hmm. about then yeah. so I got transferred to Launceston there was no one playing golf when I got transferred to Launceston and one Easter so it was the four days four day holiday five days actually with in Tassie um we'd had um I think it was either Easter Good Friday or Easter Sunday I can't remember it doesn't matter um wife said I've just had enough to eat I'm going to have a lie down yeah. in the afternoon so I thought oh I'll just put the old shoes on old Dunlop volleys probably they were and I went for a walk okay just a proper walk around the streets of Launceston where we lived in uh, Newstead yeah and I thought oh this is easy um it was probably I couldn't measure it probably about four kilometers yeah no idea half an hour maybe mm-hmm. maybe it was longer than that four kilometers yeah anyway yeah. 
the next day I thought, oh, I'll go again. I'll go for another walk. Um, so I mean, I was half half healthy and fit because I used yeah. to ride my bike to work, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just a road bike. So, and then eventually I, around that, I joined the Launceston Athletic Club. Ah. So I was then, don't forget, I wasn't, I was probably in my mid to late 30s. So what I didn't year start, are we talking about here? Uh, 1989, 1990, something mm. like that. Mm-hmm. So I joined the Launceston Athletic Club and they used to run on Saturday afternoon. So, do you know, um, this is something I yeah. just, you probably don't know this, but I joined the Launceston Athletic Club when I was 26. And um, I have since been president. I've since been oh. literally just stepped down as president. I have always been a member since. So that would have been nine, like I'm 52 now. So yeah, <laughs> it was a long time in the nineties. Anyway, it was in the nineties. So we, I don't know where, how long did you stay with the club? Um, for? I was only with them from about, for about 1989. I got moved up there. So probably all of 1990, maybe. Yeah. 1990. Did you know David Cramp? Did you ever meet David? Yeah. So he uh, got me. He got me into the club in the first place. Right. Yeah. 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 So anyway, that's <laughs> all part of it. We used to we used to run in Long, out of Georgetown and Longford and Perth yep. and Sidmouth yep. and yep. all those sort of places where I guess they um, started their. Some of the runs still their, exist. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we, I can remember. I don't know whether they still do it. They used to have a Calcutta on some of the races you so know we have a cow start... cutter just the week before the feature race so we do that for the feature race still yeah we do a cow cutter. still do it yeah mm. we used to used to be able to buy a runner I think somebody yeah. silly as I was put up a dollar on me and I put in a dollar to buy myself with the Georgetown run I think well I might have finished about 10th or something but somebody <laughs> thought I had somebody I thought I had a chance but anyway that's, that's another cool. story I so. love it we do it more of a <laughs> um rather than a cow cutter now because a few years ago there's a lot of money in it. We we did more of mm. a um pulling a, a runner's name like out of the hat. Oh, okay. so you put money into into a kitty and then it became more of that, so that there yeah. was less sort of um gambling. Yes, yeah, well that was it. I was, I was totally going, surprised. It was like totally Whoa. surprised. <laughs> this is like yeah. horse racing. Yeah, so <laughs> it's quite funny. So that was uh, yeah, that was the the beginning of my running <laughs> career. Ha- having said that, my two brothers, my two younger brothers, only just a couple few years younger. Yeah. were all but they lived on the northwest coast but they were really good um they ran semi-professional you know the the carnivals the bernie yeah. Devonport yeah. Trobe carnivals mm-hmm. they used to run those so they could both run and fast and yeah. faster than i would ever have been able to keep up with them even if wow. i was running at the time so when yeah. they were in their 20s mid-20s i suppose they were running um 10k races but they also ran at the carnival so I mean, yeah. they were running 32 minutes for 10K, that sort of yeah. pace. But I was never, ever going to get to that speed mm. type of thing. Anyhow, so it was in the family. When you were kids, was sport a big thing? Like when you were at school? and um, It was. Um, Dad was right into football, um, mm. but we none of us ever played football. Yeah. Um, brothers did a bit of boundary umpiring and a bit of – but it was – we used to do, yeah, cross-country stuff at school and that sort yeah. of – yeah, but that sort of drifted away when I got moved with work. Mm. Yeah, as um, tends to happen. Do you remember yeah. if you in, if you enjoyed it much at school? Oh, I love the cross country. Yeah, oh, I love doing that. Yeah, That's no, we represented the school. Went down, followed the, went down the coast yeah. and to the other schools, and especially the inter high school cross country type stuff. Yeah, no, and that was 
and I look back now on that yeah. at um, the cross countries, which is why I do uh, trail running, mountain running, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then when I was also at Devonport High School doing the equivalent of what is college now, it was called yeah. matriculation, but it's yeah. college. Um, I also did uh, join the, the school bushwalking group. So that took me out into the mountains a bit as well. You know, my, I, I would say my only claim to fame in bushwalking is I walked into the old Lake Pedder before it was flooded. Oh, wow. And I thought, looking back now, um, so that's one of the unbelievable sites. I remember the little planes coming in and landing on the beach and then they... That's my husband's flooded family walked him in as a child as well before yeah. it flooded and he he raves about it and they've got a yeah. family picture it was unbelievable it. i probably didn't appreciate it at the time but i can remember it now i was about 16 i suppose mm. and this high that's school wonderful. the school bushwalking group walked in and yeah it was all part of it <laughs> so that sort of gets you into where i'm without how, jumping ahead how, how old was, were you when you started then um you know like in the 90s early 90s sort of thing or late 80s running part yeah oh no it was late 30s I was a late okay. starter into yep. running yeah I mean I knew it was in the family genes I knew it was the brothers had ran I couldn't see any I couldn't see the benefit of it back when I was yeah just a stupid 20 year old I suppose 20s into the 30s you know drank no. beer with the guys after work and um just pretty played, average played really golf. didn't have any reason to do it no just yeah and then that easter kicked it all off and then yeah. you know i could do it i was pretty good at it i mean i was pretty good i was i was okay i didn't yeah. hurt you yeah. know i think that was the story was that i got into it but it didn't hurt i yeah. could do it and i not and i read a lot of books about it i i, I had books from american running trail running people yeah um, same as I did with learning how to play golf I had a lot of um, Johnny Miller and um, uh, Jack Nicholas golf books mm -hmm. and I learned to play golf by reading their books and then practicing yeah. with what was that and the same with the running I had a lot of American trail running books because there wasn't much in the trail running no. part and and I'll just jump ahead when I got when I left Launceston um, we bought a caravan and we toured Australia for 18 months, just the wife and myself. And that's all we had. We'd sold everything. We didn't even have a house to come back to. Did you have children? Um, I just, no, okay. no. Yeah. And didn't, and still we haven't. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So you and when we, when we went away, I used to just go for a bit of a run while I was away. And there was some lovely beaches and, you know, all over Australia to, to do all that. And when we came back, um, well, we lived in Launceston, mm -hmm. um, for about a year but there was no work in Launceston because I'd left the bank and left yeah. everything and brother-in-law was living in Canberra at the time so he said come over here there's plenty of work and there was so we packed up which was not much and went to Canberra which is where I lived for 24 years so oh, wow! and then as the story goes I joined um, uh, the ACT Veterans Athletics or Masters as it is now yep. and we were doing a Thursday night track session the track mm -hmm. we used to do track and field on Thursday nights there at the AOS. Yeah. Anyway, this guy came around called John Harding mm -hmm. and walked along through the grandstand and said, I'm starting up Australian Mountain Running Association. Do you want to join? $20. So we thought, why not? <laughs> so um, you know, because I'd ran trail stuff. Mm -hmm. I wasn't I'd gone away from running road, you know. I don't mm -hmm. run road stuff, anything now. I'd ran mm -hmm. two two 
Canberra marathons when I first got there just to say that I'd done them. Yeah. Um, and they were good. I, you know, my, my best time was uh, three hours and 50 seconds. What? I did not quite break three <laughs> hours. I missed out. But in my defence, <laughs> we didn't have GPSs in. You know, at best you had was yeah. a stopwatch yeah. on your watch. So you used to run along calculating in your head while you were trying to run yeah. four minute kilometre pace. If I run, if I run, I've got, you know, 12, yeah. 12 kilometres to go. So I got to 30 and I was doing these calculations. If I run four minutes and yeah. 15 seconds per kilometre for the next five or eight or something, then I'll get to 40 Ks and I'll get to 42. And I forgot all about the 200 metres because I didn't have a... Yeah couldn't work it out anyway the 200 meters was the 50 seconds that I failed at uh, wow <laughs> missing in my defense I you know I couldn't sounds run. like a head runner's I, brain like that's I what I like I can't, can't run and think at the same time no that's runner's brain yes. <laughs> oxygen so, is keeping you moving not yes, keeping your brain so working <laughs> as a sidetrack to that little story is that's why I don't go orienteering or road <laughs> gaining because I don't want to think when I run I want to chill out <laughs> which I is why it. I run trails not on the road or on the streets or the footpaths because I want to just be able to listen to the birds in the trees and the, listen to the rustle of the bushes and think, yeah. is that a snake? Is that an echidna? Is that just a lizard? Yeah. Is it something going to attack me? So I'd want to chill out when I run. That's interesting because some people say, especially yeah. road runners, oh, I can't run in the trails because I have to then concentrate on where my feet are landing. Because I'll worry, yeah. I'll trip over things. So it's quite oh, interesting. Yeah, I've fallen over hundreds of times. Yeah, so me too. That's the last roll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the roads are too hard, and I've got to, you know, think about <laughs> other things. So I can chill out on the trail. So go back to marathon running. I ran yeah. two in Canberra, then I ran a third one on the Gold Coast in two thousand and so you know 10 years later 2005 yep. or something mm -hmm. it was just a family get together with those other two brothers that were there oh wow. so I ran the marathon yeah on the Gold Coast which I'm a trail runner and I hated Gold Coast Marathon it was awful as a course as a course and I've I ran done that one <laughs> and and I and I'll and I'll say that I ran my slowest marathon of the three that I did I ran three hours and eight minutes and gave up and said that's the best I can and the worst I'm going to do I'm out of this game <laughs> and I went to trails and mountains. So that I'm, was I'm moving to the hills. Literally. I'm moving to the hills where it's easier. Oh, I hated that road. Oh, oh that's, that's hilarious. That's just injury prone to get running on the road. It's hard. It's constant. It's the rhythm yeah. The You know, it's all of those things that road runners like. I hate yeah. it. So, was, yeah. so since then, obviously you've really, I mean, you haven't dropped running since then. So say the now it's got worse. You know, the, early, the early nineties. Oh. Um, oh no! You've basically been a runner ever since. Yeah, I haven't That's stopped. I have not stopped since then. No. What and... would your favourite running be? Do you? I mean, oh. I know you mentioned mountains and trails. And oh, mountains like and trails. Yeah, don't no. no. I, and I will run anything that's on that's not on the road. Mm. So I'll run. Um, like I've, as I said, we talked about uh, Greens Beach and running convicts and winches as it was yeah um I don't well I could I could run 50 k's on the beach as well as I could run 100 okay. k's, 100 k's on the trails and um up and down mountains which is you know which is what I prefer at the moment to do so why do why do you think you're still running after all these years why do you think um, you stuck to it um 
I realised a long time ago that when I retired that I had to have something to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't do any, like I'm not a handyman type of person. I don't, I'll mow the lawns, but I don't like gardening type of thing. Um, yeah. I couldn't, as I said before, go to the men's shed and repair bicycles. That's not my, I'm just not into that. Yeah. It's not that I'm not into people. Yeah, I'm yeah. not in doing those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, um, and then I also like the, when I worked, I always worked surrounded by a lot of people. When I worked in the bank for the first 18 years of my life, I was, there were people everywhere, you know, people you yeah. work with, um, customers coming in, there were always people. Mm. And then when I was in Canberra, I was a bus driver. So okay. the same as your, same as your Metro buses here. Wow. And, yeah, and I love that job. Absolutely love yep. it. I think I was born to do that job. That was just oh. every day I wanted to go to work. That's lovely. I think I had about five or six days off work in twenty four or something. Amazing. You know, other than holidays. Yeah, yeah. And that was a couple of those were sick and. Oh, they must have um, been a big loss when you. Um, oh, I just loved the job. I always thought that was that was me. So again, you were always surrounded by people. Mm. You know, you people getting out. You only ever said hello, g'day, you know, mm. thanks for having a nice day type of thing. Yeah. But it was always people coming. And then, but then having said that, I'd work night shifts when you'd drive around in, around the suburbs and carry no one and just turn the radio on and listen to music. And that was just as good. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't, I didn't care, you know. But I actually, yeah, the, the driving was good. I yeah. loved that sort of thing. I liked the people getting on, the regulars, the, you know, even the drunks at night, you know, on a Saturday yeah. night. <laughs> you'd just you'd turn the radio up, they'd get on, you'd have the music playing because, uh, you know, you'd be listening to some oldie station because I used to listen to the oldie stations in Canberra and the university kids would get on in Belconnen, for example, and drive down to into the city at 10.30 at night with half skin full of beer and yeah. drinks into it. And then they'd say, turn it up, turn it up, we want to sing, you know. I, used to, I love that sort of working with the, the party with bus. The, the party <laughs> bus, it was so much fun. Um, so you're sort of always surrounded by people when then to switch off, you know, I used to run, um, you know, at, at, um, in my lunch break and that sort of, or I was doing shift work and so I'd run in the morning or if I was doing night shifts, I'd, um, or the other way around, if I was working day shifts, I'd work, run it at night after work or in the yeah. lunch break or in the morning before I started the night shift or something. So it was all part of. Do you yeah. find that you have like a goal as in you have a race that you're, that you're training for, or are you able to just say, you know, I run whatever you run oh, yeah. Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, whatever, <laughs> whatever. or how, how does it look? I mean, and I assume it's probably changed actually over your lifetime it as has. well, over your lifetime yeah. of running. Yeah. Hmm. As I've got um, older, the, the desire to run in races has dropped mm-hmm. off. You know, I just sort of, not that I'm not competitive. I just don't want to push myself to run in a race, you know. Yeah. Um, I've sort of tended to now run just to, you know, for peace of mind and keep myself entertained and to fill in half a day sort of thing. I've started but, it, because I've but, had like a whole lifetime at Launceston Running Club, which was LAC mm-hmm. now become Launceston yeah, Running Club. Yeah. So that's a lot of competition. So I now, the, any races I enter, I don't call them races in my head. They're no. events. I'm no, going they're, to an event. They're all events. I'm not exactly. going to they're a race. Events. Yeah. I'm going to an event. <laughs> um, I do find it a lot easier to um, have uh, a, a focus down the track. And now that might be 12 months away. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do find it easier to then sort of 
have half a plan in my head as to what I need to do to get there. Mm. Um, if it's only going to be a half marathon or a marathon or something, it sounds silly. If it's only going to be only a marathon, I don't really train up to it. I just sort of try and keep a fitness level sufficient to be able to go and do it with just yeah. a bit of fine tuning in the last you know month or so. Mm-hmm. But uh, if it was something big that I did in the past, I mean, I'm talking you know, multi-day things back in the past when mm-hmm. I did them. Um, I used to plan, I used to have a definite plan then. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, it's um, it's just, um, I don't know, keeping the, it's almost my goal is to keep the Strava figures <laughs> nice and yep. nice and neat, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's even, even that's just a goal, you know, just to keep my running weekly average where I want it to be so that yep. I need to switch it up a little bit down the track or if, um somebody rings up and says, you know, do you want to go to Cradle Mountain or do you want to go to uh, Walls of Jerusalem mm-hmm. um, for a, you know, a day run or to around the mountain here in Hobart? And I can just go and say I can do it. Because you've got that base level. Yes, I've got yes. that base yeah. level. I don't want to be saying, oh, look, I'm good for an hour and a half because that's all the fitness I've got. Yeah. You know, I'd like to be able to say six hours is nothing. Six hours I can go and do as long as we don't go yeah. Pill for pill, I can just just trundle, you know, just trundle along, and without um, and not only that, it's without killing yourself trying to do it. Yeah, you've got to remember, you got to. So I keep to saying to people down here, it's you're training for an event, but you're not actually training just to run. Uh, you know the Kanani Ultra yeah. down here. Mm-hmm. You've got to also be able to drive the car home when you're finished you've got to be able to be you know pick up the kids and tuck them to bed at night you've got to be able to go to work the next day Mm. you know if you if you cross the finishing line and collapse yeah two of those three things won't happen yes now you can't go to work the next day because you can't move your legs or you can't drive home because you're too buggered or yeah you know there's more to training than just running the race yeah, and you can, if you think about those things, you can plan for yeah, them and, yeah. and make them less likely yeah. to happen, you know, all of the, so the negative sides what, of that. Yeah, so do you ring the boss up when you've finished your race and say, look, I can't come to work for the next two days because <laughs> I've, I can't get up the stairs or my legs have given out? You know, you've got to, you've got to do it. There's more to training for a race than actually just training yeah. for a race. Yeah. So I look at it that way and say to these people, look, I know we're going to go up, this, up these steep hills and, you might not like me today, but you will, you know, the day after your race because your your quads won't be so sore that, yeah. you know, you can't go up and down the stairs. Yeah. yeah, you've trained for it. So you can yeah. still, you're right, you're sure you're going to be tired, but you're not going to be sore and injured. Yeah, and you'll be able to, you'll want to keep going. Like there won't be that big break that sometimes you can end up having no. if you haven't trained for something no. specifically no. or as well as you could have. So Yeah, so a little bit of my training is all about consistency. It's not... Yeah. Uh, it's not peaking for an event and then, you know, then taking three weeks off and then starting the training again. It's all about just just keeping it level, keeping it yeah. simple, nothing. Don't go and start doing things that are way out of your comfort zone when you haven't given you enough lead up time yeah. to get through. Mm-hmm. What would be some of your highlights from your running over the last few decades? Uh, I'll go know. back. Yeah. Uh, I'll start at the top and work my way down. The ob- <laughs> my absolute obvious highlight is, and it's still the cover page on my Facebook 
cover photo oh. on my Facebook page is me standing outside of the Birdsville Hotel. Yeah. So Birdsville. the day I turned the day I turned 60, which was now 10 years ago in two months' time. Well. I started at the Marie Hotel and we ran, I ran um, the full length of the Birdsville track. And tell us how far. 520 kilometres. Oh my only, gosh. And only 520, but it did take eight days. I mean, we only ran, oh, I only ran daytime. Yeah. Um, so how did you, was that like a challenge you set yourself? or is yeah, that a, yeah. Just, no, just me for something to do. I love that. Just something to do. So I ran about, um, 70 k's a day maybe seven mm -hmm. eight sevens not quite 70 the first day was 50 something and the last day yeah. was 75 I think I averaged somewhere between 65 and 75 k's a day depending on wow. which way the wind was blowing and huh? how often we started and what time we started and what time we yeah. stopped for lunch and what time we kept going and when we stopped so what yeah that you, was what did you learn from that Steve? absolutely everything <laughs> absolutely I'd I love the outback. I like the desert. I like the flat, which is really contrary to what I'm doing now, which is running up and down mountains. But I like that open space with no one around. Yeah. No, it's just the, my wife with the time, the caravan behind me. And there were two other uh, group, two other people come with me. Um, yeah. One guy from Brisbane. Um, yeah. He used to run 10 Ks with me in the morning. So mm -hmm. he'd go up and then, leave me and then run back to where we started where we left the caravan where we camped so he'd do yeah. 20 k's in the morning yeah and then then they'd drive past me and then come back when they found a camp spot for us and he'd come back whatever it was another five or eight or 10 k's and then run back with me at the finish so, so he'd cool. probably do 20 or 40 k's a day and i'd do um you know, 50 70 or whatever yeah, 60 yeah. Or 70. Yeah. and then another guy from canberra also came and um he rode his bicycle so he basically did the same sort of thing but he was covering a little more territory oh. so i'd have company with those two people at various times morning and yeah. afternoon and then i'd have a break after lunch i'd run by myself for about two hours okay so that was my time then it was a yeah. little piece of mind mind you the birdsville track is dead flat you know there's about 20 <laughs> meters of uphill every 100k you know there's it is dead different wow. the, the high point was going over little cattle grid which was what <laughs> half a meter high so then one of the reasons we oh. talked we've talked um, about running up and down mountains being so um fun in many ways and better for our bodies is that yeah. you're changing all the time like it's not exactly. always that constant so that birdsville no. track must have been quite challenging on your body because there was no change apart from no the cattle grid. <laughs> and not only the categories, it was uh, it was the corrugations, you know, corrugations. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, of course. Things where that upsets the four-wheel drives driving along. Mm -hmm. um, it was sandy, soft in places. Oh, you wow. Know, it was, it's not sealed. It's all dirt <gasps> road. Um, and then you get the cars going past. And Dusty. Their dust. Yeah. And, it's, and the policeman at um, uh, Marie said to me, um, oh, you'll probably see, you know, 15 people a day well we were probably seeing 50 because it was in August so it was <laughs> the tourist season we'd see heaps of people and some would stop and wow. um and chat and say what are you doing and why are you doing it and you must be mad or that sort of stuff <laughs> but all that that all came about because the guy in the guy in um Brisbane that came that ran with me yeah I was 
lap scoring at Caboolture for a mm-hmm. 24-hour race. This is back before electronic timing, obviously. So I used to do yeah, I've done. I have actually done yeah, that before that, electronic all timing. That, all that yeah. stuff. I used to lap time people running around a 500-meter yep. track. So I did that. Anyway, as a present, he gave me a book uh, by Ron Grant called Wheat Light. With wings like eagles, I think the book's called. Yeah. Anyway, Ron Grant ran around Australia as well, but he also ran the Birdsville track. It's uh-huh. the only time I'd ever, and I that just clicked when I read it. All oh. these come back, so I thought I can do that. So, That's so I cool. planned the whole thing from about eighteen months out. But again, going back to the training and the focus on things, I actually thought I'm going to do this on my birthday. So I had to work my way back to in the mm. training plan. Yeah, in your shape. So how do you run? How do you train for something that's going to take um, eight days? I have no idea. So what you do is, so I thought, oh, there's a 48-hour track on the run on the track mm-hmm. in Queensland. So I'll do that. And how do you train for a 48? You do a 24-hour run on the track. So how do you plan for that? You do a 12-hour on the track. So you do all the training leading up, but you don't actually train up to those events. You have your plan and you work backwards. Yes. Yeah. I like that. I see that. I like the way you you sort of slotted in the other events. Yeah. You have to, you can't can't just go from running, you know, you're doing your 20 Ks on a Sunday to all of a sudden doing 70 Ks every day for Mm. that. So anyway, that's all that, how that sort of planned out. So, so the Birdsville track that goes back 10 years ago and, and and that's still unbelievable. I'd go and do that again tomorrow if I could. I'd love that. So anyway, the other one, um, I ran the, um, down the Darling River then. That was a couple of years after that. Yeah. In about 2013, uh, 2013, I turned 60. So in 2015, mm. we ran from, or I ran from Burke down the Darling River and we finished at Will Kenya. I was actually planned to run. So it's only 320. So that was took oh, five days. Only 320. Yeah, yeah. So that took five days. Um, again, running in the daylight. Like you don't go out to those places to just do the run. You go out there for the scenery, for yeah. the people or the lack of people to see what was around. That was back it. before the Darling River had any water in it. was looked absolutely dreadful. Through a, a drought. Yeah, it was drought. It was drought, green. Drought. It was algae. There was no flow. It was terrible. But anyway. Um, what did you learn on that one? Was How did that feel different oh, that was the Birdsville track? That was so much easier. I look, okay. at, I look at the – I knew what to expect. I yep. knew we knew. So, so that's family. why, because because you'd yes. done a, oh, a yeah. multi-day yeah. sort of event, it felt yeah. like you knew. What so was you just learn as you go. Um, we learned a lot from the Birdsville run. Like when you do the the multi-day things, I think I talked to Amy about it once when she ran the um, John and Amy when Amy ran the um, mm-hmm. Tasmanian Trail. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The first day is um, is pretty easy. You're fresh. Your legs are okay. Second day, you start to feel a few sore spots, but yeah. you're getting a little bit, you're still sort of into it. Third day, everything settles down because all the, you know, your your body's adjusted to what you're doing. You know, mm-hmm. it knows that you're going to be um, getting out of bed and running at seven o'clock in the morning and you're going to, how it's going to react. And after that, you don't, there's no, there's only tiredness other than that. You, everything sort of settles down. So you learn that it's not going to be as hard as what you think because you don't, you're not cruising along at four minute kilometre pace. You're running at, you know, seven minute kilometre pace. Mm. So it's a bit like Pat Farmer running around Australia to yeah. get the, the Aboriginal and the, the voice part of it. He's doing 80 days for a, 
80 kilometres a day type of thing. Um, He's done it all before. He knows what to expect. I've had him him on this podcast, actually. (laughs) I I ran with him for the... um, uh, when he the first day you started out of Hobart, so oh, perfect. and had a chat to him, yeah. So that was That's, really good. Just awesome. just here in Hobart and going yeah, out yeah. towards New Norfolk, so yeah. But yeah. everything falls down after one, and he, he can just back up and do it day after day because yeah. your body knows what to expect. And I've also been following this um, uh, lady in America that's ran thirty-two miles or fifty k's, fifty-three days per day for 200 days oh, Candace, wow. Candace Burt her name is and it's unbelievably amazing if you can just find you can find Candace Burt on Facebook yeah it's also on Strava uh, if you want to go okay. and put her but I could put a note in the podcast notes too. go find her and so other people can mm, look her up too she's and... just finished it she's just um and and her idea now of winding down is she's dropped down from running 53 Ks a day. She's dropped down to running a 42, some 42 Ks every day. She just didn't stop. <laughs> she's winding herself down, easing back into it because she, a body won't, it's in this big routine. Yeah. It's just in it where yeah. you can't just come to a, a halt because your body's not used to it. Yeah. And that's yeah. what happens with ultra running of any description. Mine was get into day three. And everything's sort of in in sync. It's in the rhythm. It knows what mm. to do. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the part that you learn. Is it? It's it's all about consistency. It's not about uh, the highs and lows. It's all mm. about you know. And if you're doing it for the right reasons, I mean, I was never going to finish. I was never going to run at the Olympics. I was never going to finish. I don't think I've ever finished first in a race either. But I've never finished last. Mm. It's all about that. 90% of people that are going to finish in the middle of the pack. Yeah. And whether you finish after you, if it doesn't matter if you finish 10th or if you finish 80th, it still means you, you're in the middle of the pack. And yeah. after that, it doesn't matter whether it's 20th or 60th, really, as long as you've enjoyed yourself and you've That's had a good. Right. It's the journey, isn't it? It's the journey. It's all about the journey. It's not about the, the destination. So what do, you, what do you think keeps you running? What is it for the oh, future that you see in your running? The benefit of running now for you? Oh, uh, well, I'll go back to the family part of it is I have to stay healthy enough to be able to look after mm-hmm. the people around me. Um, yeah. And to do that, I have to be, uh, you know, I have to, the mind has to be um, quite strong and stable. So um, do you find and, your running helps you with your oh, mind? Absolutely. Like that's a really absolutely. important yeah, thing. Yeah, like I, distinction. I, can't, I need to sort of, I can accept. I like to run every day, mm. but I but I run by opportunity. Yeah. I don't get hung up if I can't run at nine thirty in the morning because mm. I'm retired. So I don't I don't run at six in the morning. Put it that way. <laughs> if I can't run at nine thirty in the morning, which is nine till ten, is my preferred, or somewhere between say eight and ten when yeah. I start running. That's my preferred. That's the times I do it best. Yeah. But I don't get hung up if I can't run until you know two o'clock or three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. In which case, I'll, I'll swap it to um, just, I'll call it recovery day and go for a walk. Okay. I, might just go for, I might just go for a 4K or 5K walk in the afternoons yeah. if I can't. Um, I did get a, a 8K run in this morning, yeah. although we were quite busy. I got that sort of, threw that in at 12 o'clock before I got <laughs> organised to come with you, you know, talk to you today. Otherwise, I would have just gone for a walk this afternoon at okay. uh, you know, 4.30 and, and, um, and just called it, 
um, you know, easy day, rest day, recovery day, whatever you want to call it, so that it doesn't play in your mind. I'm not obsessed with having to run every day. Yeah. And I don't necessarily object in my head to not doing anything if that's the way the day is. Yeah. But I, I just need to, uh, you know, and I call a 4K walk in the afternoon, which might take 45 minutes. doesn't matter. Um, it's, inter- an- it's kind of interesting that you say that, sorry, um, because there's something, some of us, it, maybe it's different seasons in our lives as well, where we find it harder to stay motivated if we don't have that, you know, something to train for or, or whatever it is. And it's not that we don't want to run. It sounds like I'm speaking for myself. Yeah. Oh, but that's yeah. right, because no, I am. You are. It, it, it's right. uh, whereas now I was, I was going to say, and a lot of people who listen regularly will know that I started, I can look at my chart over there, 235 days ago, I started a running streak where I ran oh, really? two yeah. kilometres minimum a day. Obviously, yeah. I do a lot more than two kilometres yeah. most of the days, but yeah. on the days which are my recovery days, um, yeah. I will still run two kilometres because for me, in this season where I am now, I've worked out that that's what keeps me as keeps me motivated. Like yeah. seeing that chart at the moment. Although now, as I told you, I've got a couple of hairy, scary goals in the next um, sort of less than a year. So then I will. That also motivates me. But there's something about that while I'm going through yep. a period of I don't know what it is. But anyway, this yeah. season that's working for me. So I, it's interesting. Like I think we yeah. have different things I, work for us. Yeah, and what works for you doesn't work for, I mean what works for me mm. doesn't work for you and some people yeah you can become obsessed without becoming um infatuated you know it's, it's, yeah it's, it's different you know it's um I'm not necessarily hooked on running every day because yep. that put to me that puts undue pressure it's a bit like running when I did said talk about Birdsville track or the Darling River run mm-hmm. I didn't do it with other people yep. and I didn't do it raising money for charity because that would have put too much pressure yeah. on to yeah. succeed when I didn't yeah. necessarily you didn't need that I didn't, I didn't want to accept failure but I didn't want to let other people down by yeah. necessarily if something had gone wrong because I was delving into the unknown yeah you know Pat Farmer running around Australia with his voice thing he knows he can do that because he's done it before yeah so, so he's not that level he of... hasn't got failure in his mm. mind because mm. he's done all these things before when yeah. he ran from North Pole to South Pole all those sort of yeah Crazy. crazy things <laughs> but to me I was going into the unknown so I didn't want to be putting pressure on myself yeah so yeah. going to like you're doing your running streak um yes. I it's only other... 2k so I felt yeah. like I can fit that mm-hmm. in most days somehow occasionally yeah. it's not that easy you know when you're traveling because I tend to move yeah. around a bit but yeah. I just get up fit what well, I could do that in 15 minutes almost anywhere true. like it's kind true, of true. that sort yeah. of thing so I made yeah. it kind of so there wasn't as much pressure as you might now, in the old days, going for a run or putting my running shoes on and not doing 5K just seemed a waste of time. But now I've I've moved past that season so, into a different season. So <laughs> if you're getting into that, did, does the weather come into that? Would you do it on the treadmill and call it 2K as opposed uh, to going outside and doing it? If 2K? I had a treadmill, I might, but I don't. I don't have a treadmill. So, yes, oh, I put a raincoat on and I, I did then that last week. it up and say it's <laughs> yeah. cold and wet, but I'm still, I'm still going to do it. I had root canal last week and I was like, before I go into the dentist, it was in the morning, like, early, like <laughs> eight o'clock. That's it. I'm going to go. So, and it rained. So I ran yeah. in my raincoat because I didn't yeah. want my hair to get too messy. Before no, you went to the dentist. Because oh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't have time to have a shower. So I, I just, and it was only going to be too, you know, so there was, 
I'd, I just fit it in. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I find a way yeah. that I can fit in 15 minutes most yeah. most of the and time. Most, and yeah. yeah, even the even the ads on TV to say, you know, these unhealthy people, you too can find 15 minutes somewhere. Yeah. Even if it's only, you know, watching TV that... and sitting on the treadmill or on the running... <laughs> What works? What's I was a teacher time? once, Steve. I'm not anymore, but I was once no. a teacher, and I think star charts and things like that. Like I'm looking to my right because I have a chart that I cross it off. So that yeah. is like very much yeah. a motivator for me. Yeah. Like it works yeah. for me to be able yeah. to cross that off at this moment. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It, I, as you said, whatever it is that works for, for other people at that time, knowing that what worked when you were a kid may or may not work now. What no, works, you know, 10 years ago may or may not work for you now. Yeah, a lot of outside influences come into it. I mean, oh, yeah, uh, you know, like sometimes, especially if you're dealing with people that don't really understand you or where your, what your journey mm. is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes with, I mean, in my case, comes with being surrounded by people that are unhealthy and mm-hmm. don't really care about their own and expect the doctor to fix mm-hmm. them, which is fine. And they potentially um, think 5K is a marathon. Oh, five Ks is just, you know, the letterbox is a long way, you know, like, yeah, do I have yeah. to, you know, yes, I can go and get the letters, but how am I going to get back inside? You know, it's, that's yeah. a long way. Look, can you bring yeah. me a cup of tea halfway and we'll have a rest? No, yeah. not quite, but you understand. I um, do. Yeah. But then uh, if, again, if someone has to be around to look after those people that can't look after themselves, so that's just the, you know. You've chosen the to reason. do that as part of part of your purpose. Well, it's not. It's just that those people around me, <laughs> they're the ones that I want to look after me in my old age when I get to old, old age, I mean, yeah. 70 old yet. Will you so not still be running? <laughs> oh, well, I hope so, but if exactly. I'm not. Exactly. <laughs> the thing was, uh, what was it, about three, no, four years now, coming up four years ago, um, we were running on the Cascade track here on a on a wednesday yeah. night thursday mm-hmm. night no it was a friday night we're doing it salomon shoe trail thing in the dark anyway long story short i hit my head on a tree and knocked myself out and broke my ankle oh. oh so oh you know three days in hospital and you know a bit of surgery and whatever but the, the problem was that when i came home you know the ankle was fine and i'm still running if not more and that's one of the things too. If you have a little bit of a setback, there's a bit of a side to that story. If you have a bit of a setback, you start to realise what you miss in life. Yes. You know, what you miss. If you can't do what you're doing now, mm-hmm. what would happen? And that was where I sort of was motivated with the um, the rehab. Um, you know, I broke my ankle. It was a clean bone break. I've still got the little plate and six screws in my ankle. They're still there. But I realised that if I didn't get the rehabilitation right with that, then and I couldn't run. What else could I do? Well, mm. I can't. I couldn't really play um, because of the the flexibility of ankle is mm. not as great as it used to be. It's still fine, but to run. Mm. But I thought, well, if this doesn't heal up properly, I can't go and go back to golf, for example, because yeah. you know the twisting and the walking. Mm-hmm. So I thought, oh, well, I can't play golf. What else could I do? Oh, I can't go back to bushwalking because the ankle may not be strong enough to carry you know, a 20-kilo mm. backpack. Mm. And the ground terrain would be just as rough as rocky as mm. running mountain trails. Yeah. So I had to put the focus into getting the rehab right. 
I mean, I was lucky because there was no tendon damage or and very little um, anything else went wrong with my foot other than scar tissue forming around the the breaks and the bones and you know and that's not flexible either. So I went pool running, pool running about yeah. thirty something times. That was deep good water fun. running. It looks so oh. silly. I had a deep water running belt. I lent it to someone and I have not got it back, which is fine. Uh, well, I was lucky. I didn't have to use the pool in Glenorchy. I went to was one point three meters deep so you could actually walk walk along the pool wow. 20 meters long or 25 meters long yeah so you could actually walk without having to have a, a weight you know a to keep you, yeah. yeah to keep you up so yeah. that was again i thought oh you know i started to feel sorry for myself and then someone suggested pool yeah. running which i went to um as well as the other exercises the physio gave me yeah. then when i went to pool running i realized that i was probably the in the best shape of all the poor out of shape people there were guys people there getting over having strokes oh, heart yeah. attacks yeah. all other kinds of physical things mm -hmm. that were wrong with them and I thought I didn't feel sorry for them but they were there doing absolute best they could mm. to get back to doing what they wanted to do yeah and then at the same time it was so good because the lady doing the aqua aerobics for the people in the in the other pool you know the music was playing and they yeah. were doing their aqua aerobics mm -hmm. And then over the back of that, there was the mums who just had the little bubs and they were getting, oh, the little bubs were getting, little, you know, getting used to the water. water. Yep. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> I really missed not going, you know. I went 30-odd times, I think I said. And oh, wow. by the time I didn't have to go anymore, I sort of started to miss it. <laughs> you know, just the funny? people there and it's all it. um, realising if something goes wrong, and it will, yeah. and like falling over and, yeah, you know, skin coming off your knees or something. It's it's all part of the process. It's all part of the learning. It's all part of, you know, how you go about the sport that you do. And you know, the sport that we do is not easy. No, you know, trail but, running, trail running, and mountain running is it's not easy. But the more you kinda, do it, the better you get. It's kind of simple too, though. You know, because it is that one foot in front of the other, isn't it? And you're yeah. out in nature, and you're kind of doing what we're built to do. Like a, there is. There's no, an element exactly of, right. you know, humans are made to run because if we didn't, as I've said so many times, we either didn't eat or we were eaten. <laughs> you know? So yeah. Yeah. You know, we had yeah. to run and it was just part of, of our development and yeah. you know, what we are now. Yeah. And we didn't have, you know, footpaths and roads to run on. We we did run in no. mountains and on trails and, I and think, things. So. And I think that's part of why, for me, I, I mean, I run these days with the, with the, a Garmin, you know, a GPS. Mm -hmm. um, but that's all. I don't run with music. Yeah. Um, I can't run and listen to chill out things. I don't listen yeah. to podcasts. I don't listen to music because one, I don't think the things that stay in me is. Yeah. <laughs> and two, I like to do the chill out, listen to the birds and watch out for the snakes and goannas and yeah. and any kidnas, you know, on the track. So just be there in the, and in just the moment. Be there. So sure, it's going to get tough going up some of the hills. Um, and and I find, I mean, I'm a hill person. If you look at my yeah. Strava, it's all about going up and down. It's all about vert. It's all about going up and down yeah. hills. Yeah. I'm not really that good on the flat anymore. I just I just go up hills, you know. I don't think. Um, Do you like um, it, when you get to the top? Do you like that you get a view sometimes? Or well, is that, go is that go the, that's one no. of your like yeah goals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, get you go for the, the go for the scenery. Yeah. Go for the scenery, absolutely. Yeah. It's and once upon a 
long time ago, someone said back when mountain running started in Canberra, somebody said, how did you know you were ever going to be a, a mountain runner? Because I said, I look at the, I look at a hill and I think, I wonder where the track is that goes up to the top, wow. you know, yeah. is it, does the track go straight up the front or is it zigzag across the front or is it, or is it around the back and a fire trail or is it, yeah. you know, I look at a hill and think, how do you get to the top to Part mountain goat, really. see the, yeah, <laughs> see the, study the scenery, you know, it's not, you don't get that running around the suburbs, you know, unless you're running in down by the river somewhere, which is quite nice. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that or running along Greens Beach and the Baker's Beach and yeah. Ports Rell and back, mm-hmm. which is absolutely stunning. There's nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> I've done it. Um, but, you know, yeah, yeah. it's different. Yeah. I set myself a challenge a few years ago uh, with a couple of other people who were all the way around the world. There was actually no one else in Australia at the time, but we set our challenge to do a like a trail sort of um, 60K. We had to make our own route, and oh. my route actually was from Port Sorrell. So mm-hmm. I ran from Port Sorrell around the roads into into the National Park at yep. Baker's Beach, and then I yep. ran the the rest of what's now run, run Narrawantapu. So yeah. that was 60K by the time I did that. So that was kind of a fun sort yeah. of challenge. You know, you're talking yeah. about doing the uh, interesting well, t- challenges yeah. that no one else is doing. It was really no. cool. Well, see, it's a bit like the challenge that I've just, I did in um, back in March was the um, Australian Himalayan Foundation raised money for the school kids in Nepal, you know, the education where the school yeah. kids, schools were knocked over down by the earthquake about oh, 2013 or 2012 or something like that. So, yeah. And that all started in Canberra way back when the the uh, mountain climbing and the mountain running people from the Australian National University started this running up and down the mountain to the height of Mount Everest. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, so that was I did that with the with the young kids. That's awesome! Um, I heard someone was, about doing that the other day. Yeah, I read something the, about that about Mount yeah, Everest run. Yeah, you know, yeah. where somebody was so it's doing that. Yeah, so it's all it was all called the uh, Everest Challenge back then. But okay. Uh, and then I sort of had took a bit of a, a hiatus when the COVID came on and and, um, and they've now called it the summit challenge. So instead of doing um, the height of Mount Everest in a day or 29 hours, we had to do the 8,848 metres. Mm-hmm. Um, they've now got, they do it over a month. So it's sort of like a virtual okay. challenge. You do yeah. it in your own time, but you spread it over a month. So you can either do uh, base camp, which is what, 5,000 something metres, Mount Everest, 8,800 or you can do the triple which is the three highest mountains in that (laughs) little region so back in March I did the the triple which is 25,200 and something meters of climbing in the 30 days in the month amazing but to get that you have to do what do I do 420 k's or something like that in the month and the 25,000 meters but in that it put me um second in Australia of the people that did it behind three people in New Zealand. It was Australia, New Zealand one. Yeah. So that was, I was fifth overall out wow. of the people from there. But it also won the Strava Climbing Challenge. If you put your stuff onto yeah. Strava, I was um, 50, 55th in the world out of 230,000 for My climbing meters. I was first in Australia by overall by a lot. And I was wow. also first in the world in the world in my age group by a lot. <laughs> and I'm always and I it's getting older. I can only compare myself with my age group now. 
Yeah. So in the Strava monthly climbing challenge, and this is just what motivates me as well a little bit, yeah. just, just a challenge. Just a, yeah, just a little thing on the challenge. side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm competing against um, um, a lady in Norway, um, a guy that lives in Colorado, uh, some guy in um, Hong Kong, Hong Kong's hilly, yeah. um, you know, and I'm, I always finish about first, second or second or third or fourth or something in my age group in the world. So it's just a, it's a challenge and a motivation to sort of go, oh, it's getting towards the end of the month. I'll just see where everybody else is. If I just do a bit of a run around this up and down the hills here, I can go from third to second in the world and wow. <laughs> hope that, um, you know, it's winter over there, so we were running in summer, so that means that some of their mountains were closed off and they could, <laughs> um, you know, you can, have a good, you can have a good month when there's 31 days and have a bad month in February when there's only 28. <laughs> <laughs> That's so um, you're probably very happy you don't live like in the middle of Australia then over the well, Birdsville track you because you wouldn't be able to compete, you you? But I wasn't, I wasn't, I was That's into mountain running, but it was just, I can yeah. mix it up, you know. Yeah. And having said that, I, I'd go and do a, you know, a 12 hour or 24 hour track race again around the, you know, that wouldn't worry me either. So on dead flat running around yeah. in a circle. So often on the podcast, we talk, we delve a little bit into um, your identity around running and your, like, if you have an injury, how that affects you. Now, we've kind of touched on that anyway, because you, you talked to, you brought up your ankle one. injury. That's, that's my only injury. That we, Is that really your only years. injury? That's I've amazing. Never, and it was really a tree injury rather than a running I hit injury. I head on a tree. And, <laughs> and because I half knocked myself out, there was a whole group of people with me. Wow. There was no danger. I hit my head yeah. on, the, on the cascade track. I knew it was there. It's the second one of a series of three. You're supposed to duck your head. It was in the dark. I didn't enough hit my head partly knocked myself out and in the fall obviously when the body goes limp because you're Mm. unconscious for a split second the way I fell was that there was no support in the ankle I've landed on it Mm. the wrong way yeah I've landed on it or gone sideways and it broke but other than that and I go back to consistency and um, running every day or at least doing something or a little bit of cross training get your recovery right um I've never, never been injured. I've been to a physio once, except for the getting over the injury mm. from the ankle. Yeah. Um, and I just, that was running in the Grasshouse Mountains once at, um, at two o'clock in the morning doing a hundred mile race. And I pulled a little ligament in the back of my knee at 130 Ks into 160 and couldn't finish. Wow. That was a bit annoying. Are you are you really careful about the shoes you choose and things like that? Uh yeah, I I find once I find a pair that suit me, mm. I stay with them. I don't. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got two or three pairs that I've got in the rotation. So the rotate, yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends on what how grippy they need to be or what I'm running on. Mm. Or mm-hmm. today I worked because it was just on the gravel around, and I just wore mm. a pair that was sort of, I suppose you'd call them your midweek trail run midweek. Yeah, they're about half three quarters worn out. But if you're running on soft surface, then your shoes don't really matter. Mm. Having said that as well, I love running on the, if I if I go to the grass, go to the oval up at Cadbury's, for example, or when I lived in Cornwall in the, in the ACT, there's a grass running track. I'd run bare feet. Yeah. Bare feet on sand and bare feet on grass is really good for your feet. <gasps> Gives me blisters. I'm no, sorry. No. <laughs> I got blisters running on the sand. I think 5K I ran on the sand one time. But I've worked that out. My theory with running on in, in bare feet is, um, 
you've got to curl your toes, um, curl your toes down a little bit to get a grip to push off your foot. So that okay. strengthens the your plantar fasciitis part of, of your of your arch of yeah. your ankle of your foot. So yeah. that strengthens your Achilles, which strengthens your calf. Oh. So you don't get you don't get it stops injuries. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that's I, my theory, and it, I may get shot down by. And you're sticking to it, and I'm sticking to it, <laughs> and it works, and it doesn't hurt. And in fact, I can run faster around the grass track bare feet. Yeah, five k's than what I can run to do a five k park run than on a Saturday. Oh, that's with awesome. shoes on, and I don't know why that is. I have no idea. That is, I'm sure I that's don't understand. Something about our, you know, biomechanics and things mm. like that. That make that. But I love running. I, yeah, love running bare feet on the grass or up the beach. Doesn't matter. Actually, back to being a kid, doesn't it? I think it was yes, just over that distance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the distance thing where I think it was the rubbing of the sand on the bottom of my feet at that particular time. Yeah. <laughs> if I go down, if I go down to Seven Mile Beach here in Hobart and run, um, you know, up and back, which is about fifteen k's, it's about seven or eight k's each one. Yeah. But if your feet get um, hot or get a bit scratchy, then you just, you know, run a little bit in the water and it cools your feet down. It feels better. And, yeah. you know, I can scoot along there again faster than I could run it in a pair of shoes. But I don't, and I don't understand that that might be mental as well. That might yeah. be just a... You just it's enjoy. very relaxing. You know, running yeah. along the beach like that is so relaxing, especially yeah. if it's, you know, a warm sunny day and, you know, no one else around. Yeah. It's just so easy. So, Steve, what sort of things are you thinking about when you go for one of your runs? Do you, um, how do you, what somewhere between nothing, hmm? somewhere between nothing and solving the world's problems? Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll quite often come back with and walk in the front door and 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 I'll say, I've been thinking, and the wife will go, Oh no, what this time? Uh oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. And you know. Most of the times you've come in with a half decent suggestion because you've had a fair while to sort of mull it over. Mull it over. It's, it yeah. might even be, it might be, where are we going when we go out next time to, you know, for dinner somewhere? Yeah. Where, do, where we go? Or it might be where we're going on the next holiday or it might yeah. be, you know, it could be anything, you know. But most of the time I come back and I, I don't think about anything. And that's, again, why I don't like orienteering and row gaining and those sort of things because I have to think yeah and running to me is the chill out time so a lot of it is just nothing so you came you retired from being a bus driver in Canberra and came back to Hobart yeah family that's, here. that's sort of how it went here. yeah, okay, yeah so wise family here, here which is mm -hmm. yeah I mean we're Tasmanians um my family my two brothers or one brother and other mm -hmm. family live on the northwest coast okay. um wise family live in Hobart yeah. My other brother lives in North Queensland. Yeah. Um, but she wanted to, Jenny wanted to come back to Hobart to be with her family. And as much as I would have stayed in Canberra for the rest of my life, because I loved it there, mm. um, we didn't have any family and she wanted to come back to be with hers. And it, it's proved to be the right thing because, you know, like they were getting old, they're getting mm. sick. You know, yeah. we went to a lot of funerals when we first, in the first four, mm. three or four years of being down here, which was sad. It was just the way it goes, but, you know, mm. I'm glad yeah. we were here. Mm. Um, and having said that, once you get used to living down here, it's as long as you don't expect long summers, but if you don't expect um, summer, then that's a good spot to live. And I've got a dirty great big mountain behind me too. And you can go up whenever go up you like. Go up and down whenever I want. Which is beautiful. It doesn't 
yeah, this doesn't get closed off for running when the yeah. when the rains come or the yeah. or it's the snow or you just mm-hmm. put the gear on and I love going up there in the snow. So much as yeah. yeah, you retired. What have you? What do you fill your days with? I know, obviously, you go oh. for a run. <laughs> what do you do? Ah. Uh, I often hear, like most of my friends are retired. A lot of my friends are older than me, which is weird. And they all have retired and they say, I don't know how I fit it in work. I'm so Well, I'm probably about the same. <laughs> and I, that, you know. Always things to do. <laughs> I know. When I, the day I finished work, I went straight over to the government shop front and said, here's my licence. You can take the O classification off my licence, which is the authority nice. to carry passengers. Mm-hmm. I can still drive the bus, but I can't carry the passengers. Okay. Yeah. Because I just wanted to cut that working part out of it and not think, Mm. oh, if I was in Hobart, I could probably go down to Metro and say, do you want someone to work casual and, you know, to fill in the day? But I didn't want to do that. So, Um, oh, no, there's always something, you know, like today um, we've just been shopping, went down to the brother-in-law's, took some stuff down to him. Um, The guy from Taswater was here looking, checking the, the meter so yeah. he's got that and i've still got um i've blown the headlight of tail light sorry on the on the car i've got to get a mate from down the street who's a runner to come up and have a look at it so and the and this is um and talk to you today's been busy um yeah. tomorrow i'll go running up the hill by the time i come back and download the photos and the strava stuff um it'll be time it'll be uh, have lunch. uh <laughs> I won't have time for lunch till three o'clock. Lunch is never until three o'clock. Too busy for lunch. (laughs) Too busy for lunch before three o'clock. That's hilarious. Um, My (laughs) brother's got to go out tomorrow night, so he's got a dog that's a bit uh, uh, needs attention. So we'll go down and sit with the dog for a couple of hours just to fill in. That's all right. He's only just five or six k's down the road. Yeah. Wednesday, there'll be um, something to do. Wednesday night, I'll go to Hobart Trail Running. So that's six o'clock. So that'll take. Um, there'll be something in the morning. Bearing in mind, if you're retired, you don't have to get out of bed till like 30 in the morning or nine o'clock. So your so, day starts you know, a little bit later. Your day starts a bit <laughs> later. And um, Thursday, I'll go for another long run up in the mountains. So, you know, I do a lot yeah. more running yeah. now um, because I can do it and I've got more time yeah. than I ever did before. And I'll probably yeah. won't, so I won't do more running. I'll probably put in the same number of hours Mm. But the distances are less, but the, the amount of elevation is more than mm. what I did when I lived in Canberra. So where I used to run 100 k's a week mm. there, I'll probably run average at 80 k's a week now. And do you run much with people? You've mentioned a few uh, times different clubs and running with people. And yeah. Um, it's difficult through the week because mm. there's no, everybody's still got to go to work. Poor what? Vegas. Oh, I don't know. It's shocking. Work. <laughs> um, but that's when I try to... Um, stay in contact with the group so i'll try and go on wednesday nights to the hobart trail running yeah sessions um i do go to park runs on um on saturday morning yeah and then do a hilly run after directly after that normally over at risden okay um i'll run up the mountain and mount direction and after the 5k park run yeah and then um i'll try and on a sunday morning is when i'll try and meet up with some other people if there's anything not like the run on Sunday, there were, everybody from Hobart was up was up north, so yeah, at the Greens Beach. So yeah, um, I had a solo run on Sunday, but normally there'll be something going on a Sunday that um, won't go to. But otherwise, I don't see any other 
people that that with yeah. my you know I've got to you know sort of hang around with family or or and I'm quite happy with you know seeing at home and having a very quiet calm day at home with uh, yeah. with wife so yeah. um it's funny how the days sort of I've never been bored while I've been retired yeah there's always always something to do or oh and then I've got it you know just the pottering around at home type of thing yeah and we've got a yeah. caravan which we'll take away uh, whenever we get a chance to do that so that might be uh we'd probably do as much as we probably should with it but we do get away, you know, every six weeks or seven, eight, two months. Yeah. Might go to the northwest coast and northeast coast or somewhere. But... And then occasionally we'll just um we'll just go for a midweek, we'll just say where are we going for lunch today. And from Hobart, we might go to oh, we might go to the Great Lake Hotel, we might go to Strathgordon, we might yeah. go down to uh, down the Hewan somewhere, we yeah. might go to Orford or Bishano or somewhere just yeah. for lunch and come back again. I'll go for a bit of a walk just to stretch the legs and call that exercise day Beautiful. so again if we do, if we do that i don't get obsessed with the having to run every day type yeah. of thing i can just yeah. go for a walk and it might only be like your 2k you know it might only yeah. be down somewhere and just enough to record something to yeah put on strava or a facebook photo and just and it's to make it's a bit like running midweek when you get a chance to go up into the snow you know yeah. and you take your photos you put them all up and just to make people that are at work all jealous that <laughs> I had a chance. So not to inspire them, but just to make no, them jealous. just to make them jealous. <laughs> oh, just to make them envious about what you can do when you, you know. Give them something so to look forward work to. work and you can do this because it happens midweek and by the time the weekend comes around, the snow's melted and, yeah. you know, you missed out. Or you've got to share it with everyone else who's only oh, got the weekend. Oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> well, it's not only that, I just, I make my, um, my brother who lives in Cairns um, jealous because, He's a Tasmanian and won't come back to live here because it's too cold. Yeah. But his but marriage he still wife, yeah. He, yeah, he won't move. But his wife, who lives in Cairns, born and raised in Cairns, would love to come to Tassie to live down here, but he won't come back. So, oh, really? so I put hilarious. them up to make, you know, to make her jealous that this is what you could put up with. But oh, you're missing upset, out. Just <laughs> tend to upset my brother because that just, <laughs> I love doing that. Just to, <laughs> so he underst- they, they understand that. So. <laughs> That's but you know, it's just um, there's always something to do when you've retired. Mm. And as I said, I don't think I'm anywhere near, you know, um, sitting at home bored or going to the men's shed because I just haven't got or, or working part time or anything. You know, just or casual. I haven't got for that. It's always uh, always something to do. How long do you think yeah. you'll run for, Steve? I know we kind of touched on that. Oh, earlier. it's. At the moment, I'm still physically quite able, quite capable of doing mm. all of it, you know, doing more than all of it. Um, yeah. I've always thought, no, oh, I'd like to cut back and because it's get, and it's not getting too hard. It's just getting, um, oh, I don't know what the word is, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's, no, it's not too hard. It's just, it's not even a chore. It's, I don't know. And then I think, no, but what else am I going to do? It's probably the change thing. I think there is something, I know we say people are scared of change, but I think people actually also, It's and it's not bored either. It's not necessarily, maybe it's oh. an element of that, but it, you want um, a little bit of change. And, and sometimes the, you know, being able to do trail running, I think actually gives you some opportunity wherever, where you go running, even if you go to the same place every time. 
the weather will be different. The path will be yeah. different. The you know things will have. It's often it's probably never exactly the same just because of the the way nature mm. is. Um, so I wonder whether you know it is that element of okay, I've been doing this for a long time this way. Is it time for it to change it up? It doesn't mean you're going to stop running. It just means you. Oh, I think do it I do spend a lot of time thinking about different places to go. You know, mm. it's obviously yeah. it doesn't matter where exactly. you live. It this you know where I go behind home here it's a five minute drive because I'm too lazy to run you know the four kilometers to start the trail so I take the car because <laughs> <laughs> this sounds really silly as well it's, it's, I'm too lazy to I'm too lazy to yeah to, to run four kilometers so I take the car and then go and run you know for four hours <laughs> and then I'm in the car to drive back home and I, I've definitely done that don't worry yeah yeah <laughs> and but I do also think because there was a uh, a girl put up on for sun, Sunday, so yesterday, just said she was in Hobart. She wanted to start a run. She was going to go for a run over part, way past Fern Tree over on Betts Road going up over near Mount Montague. Mm. And I thought that'd be good because I've been there. I know, I know where to go. Yeah. But I thought that's an hour and a half drive each way from my place yeah. to get there. So that's three hours out of my day. Yeah. And Before to go and do a four-hour, <laughs> yeah, to go and do a four-hour trip. It's not a run because there's a lot of climbing and, you know. Yeah. So to do a four hour, so that's seven hours out of my day. Yeah. I could pinch two of those extra, those two traveling hours out of the three and that would make a six hour day for running. Yeah. You know, instead of driving. Yeah. Although it would be somewhere different. So. Yeah. I just did, um, you know, sort of drive closer to here and just added on more than what I would normally have done on a Sunday and called it. Part of that was the traveling that I didn't have to do to go the other side of Hobart to start running. So, okay. you know, I, I, um, from home, I could have been at Mount Field and ran up there on Sunday quicker than going to the other side of Hobart to run the same thing with somebody else. So it's funny how that goes through your mind. It is, what, yeah. It you is. know, I can do more Your running plan. by traveling less if I get mm. the day right. Yeah, um, I mean, and at other times, the desire to go do that run that you just talked about would have overweighed the oh, the amount of time. Just it just depends what, what you're at in your head yeah, at the time. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. Other times, other times, I would have said, "Yeah, look, I'm getting out of bed at five o'clock in the morning, just so I can is, do that. Yeah, just so I can go and do it." And then yeah. there's other times and think, "I just can't be bothered driving for an hour yeah. or an hour and a half to get there to do it to drive yeah. it, come back home again." It's like which bit's actually logical, like yeah. <laughs> you know, in your head, yeah. Because because you could probably convince yourself the opposite as well. It it's just where you're at at that exactly. Time. And sometimes, yeah. and sometimes I don't understand. I'd never used to be able to understand why people would drive all the way from Hobart to Greens Beach to run the twelve k, <laughs> and then drive all the way back. Yeah. In the past, I would have thought, what's the longest event that's on? If mm. I've got to travel from here to or from River from here to Greens Beach to run. I might as well run the 50 mm-hmm. or at least run the 25, but I'm not going to drive all the way from here to there to run 12K. At least 300 kilometres, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Mm. But having said that, I would have, in my head is, I've never done Winyard Park Run, which is only 5K, but if you want to I tick off that park I, run. <laughs> if I want to tick it off, right. I'd do that. Which is I, really... <laughs> Totally I was logical 
I was talking to someone on the weekend about some a, a pretty illogical type. If you if you use some of those as your measurements um, of ticking off park runs, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some people who decided to delay their return from Melbourne because there was a new park run opening up in yeah Adelaide or somewhere, and so instead they booked more accommodation, like just spur of the moment, booked accommodation, rebooked their flights, so paid. Yeah. It cost like an extra thousand yeah. dollars or something just so they, they could, could go. And- do yeah. another tick off another park run and then there were, it actually got worse I think he said and then believe it or not my wife was um really wanted to do the I didn't even realize there was it was a, like if you do one park run at least in every state or territory that right. was a, that's a thing as well and so they'd got all of them except one and there was one in the northern territory so before they came home they flew to the northern territory uh, and did that one yeah. as well so it's yeah. like well, okay it's a bit like I can't get a taken with I mean, I'll do a park run just as a, you know, because it happens to be a Saturday morning, I'll go and do a park run. You know, it's not, I'm not totally obsessed yeah. with park runs, but yeah. I'll do them if I'm there or whatever. Mm. And then you can do the alphabet, the, do yeah, the alphabet. Exactly, yeah. You realise that there's there's no, there's all the power alphabets are in, you can do them except X, there's no X. So um, it's 25 alphabetically park runs to do. It's crazy. But I mean, it's yeah. part of, you know, I can go and do, I sort of try, in my head, I've planned these sort of, I've got to do Bernie park run, Winyard Park Run because they're together, and then I can yep. go and do the new Wilder Trails, find your feet, badge run at Rocky yep. Cape. So I can do yep. that. I could do that in a you know Saturday to Saturday with something. Do that in this on the in the middle of the week. Right. But you can do the same thing as Orford Park Runs, the New St Helens Park Run, and do something at Freycinet, mm-hmm. for example, or Mariah yep. Island. It's one yep. of the Wilder Trails badge runs and make a week trip a trip yeah, out of that for a week. Batch it all together. That's yeah, back you yeah. know, a little back to back eight days away. And so if you planned a little bit, you don't have yeah. to do a lot of back back traveling. But <laughs> what, then what, is, <laughs> what does your wife think about all your running? Um I've always struggled to find out what the right words are for it. She's yeah. not a runner. She's a couch yeah. potato, you know. Yeah. And a lot of people run with opposites in their family. So yeah. Yeah. I'm the runner. Yeah. She doesn't. Yeah. Um, what would you say? I've, she's probably tolerated it without being um, uh, enthusiastic about it. Yeah. Uh, not That's not even the right words. Without being, um, she's never stopped me. Yeah. But she's never encouraged it. Okay. She's, but if I've said we were going to go to, especially in Canberra, when we used to say, when I was on the Birdsville track run or or the Darling River run or gone to Queensland to do some Glasshouse yeah. Mountains runs, mm-hmm. she would have said, oh, here we go. But what do I need to take? You know, how many days yeah. meals do I have to cater for? What sort of food do you want? And she wouldn't stay at home while I went by myself. She'd always yeah. come with me. Yeah, But she's nice. not never interested in the running side of it. She knows all the running people that I know. She's met them. Yeah. Or she, if I talk about somebody, she knows who they are. Yeah. But she's not. Um, not interested. Not interested in the running side of it. Yeah. She's been interested enough in the traveling side of it, you know, yeah. to go and mm-hmm. go to these places. And, um, you know, like mm-hmm. now after all these years of traveling and especially when we did the Round Australia trip, if we watch a, a travel show on TV or a four-wheel drive show on TV, a lot of the times she can say, oh, yes, we've been there and we've been there and we've seen that. And you can remember yeah. that, at, you know, that, that old bus at White Cliffs or, or the something or other at Broken Hill or the, oh, you know, wow. or the Mungarania Hotel halfway up the Birdsville track or somewhere or the pub at um, 
Dilper or somewhere down the Darling River or remember when we do the when they had the horse jumping at Caboolture or you know wow. <laughs> she's all it's all part of that but she's not in the actual running side of it yeah. that never been interested in that side of it yeah so tolerated is probably the right word without <laughs> being enthusiastic or pushy or you know she's never said um I think you should go for a run today or yeah. being what time do you want to be going unless she's got something else planned and she's trying to work out when I say mm-hmm. I'm going to need to go for a run in the afternoon or in the morning or like her if we've got to go yeah so if I sort of work around what other things have got to be done I think sometimes I've said my favorite time to run is nine eight between nine nine and ten in the morning yeah but if we have to go shopping or do something and do something else I'll go in the afternoon yeah or she'll say you're going you're going running this morning because I need to go um to do something in the afternoon or I've got a doctor's appointment or we've got to drop into the you know visit somebody then yeah. I'll we'll work around it. You know, there's no never an, an argument over it yeah. or you know discussion even over it. It's just a matter of it's what it you all do. coming together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She knows what I do. I know that she needs to go somewhere. And back when her, when we first came to Hobart to live, her sister, who was older than her, um, and she she's passed away since then. But we came back, and I used to um, used to say to her, um, "Do you want to go?" And, go down to your sister to be babysat while I go for a run up in Tolosa or, you know, or do you want to go and visit someone while I go for a run somewhere, you know? So she'd be yeah. full of, you know, drop me off and I'll, how much time have I got, you know? Yeah. Oh, a couple of hours. Is that all right? Yeah, fine, you know. Awesome. And that was sort of how I learned how to, I learned the trails was just going running because I could drop my wife off with somebody that she hadn't. And the reason we came back to Hobart was to be with her family, so. Her sister was alive at that stage, so yeah. that was the opportunity. Yeah, yeah, to sit down with and have a, you know, you don't want me there listening to your talk. So yeah. I was quite happy to, you know, get out of the way and you know, she could um sit they could have a sit and have a family discussion talk. Yeah. Which I didn't really want to be part of, but you know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was that's boring to me sitting <laughs> talking talking family stuff. Oh that's gee. Funny. That's, that's funny. Yeah, that's still. But, we can know, probably all relate in different ways, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think yeah. it's. Um, I think it's. And it's always been a, oh, a compromise or an understanding or whatever on how it fits in with the family. Yeah. And as long as one person's not totally obsessed mm. um, and doesn't understand, as long as you both understand that, you know, we've got things to do today, so you can't, you know. And I'll say, well, that's fine because what I would normally do on a Tuesday, I can go and do it on Wednesday or. Exactly. Um, yeah. And if I give her enough notice, I want to meet. Oh, today's meeting, for example. You know, yeah. she would have never said if I told. You know, I told her last week that we're having this at yeah. three o'clock this afternoon. And then we worked around what to do this morning, and that's yeah. fine. Got everything out of the way, and it's compromise, it isn't it? it? it works. Relationship one hundred and one. It is, and that's why we've been married for so long. <laughs> I love it. So yeah. yeah. Before we wrap up, what, what do you think running has given your life that you wouldn't have had had you not, you know, decided to really take it on oh, all those years ago and kept oh, doing? Oh, a few things. A few things in the long run. It's one, I've been healthy all my life. Mm-hmm. It's, I think that's the luckiest thing. Like uh, I've got to nearly 70 years old except for uh, we used to have to go and have a medical when I was a bus driver. We used to have to go and have yeah. a medical every year and nothing ever changed. 
Yeah. Um, I don't get sick. I don't take any pills. Um, yep. I don't have to worry about not being able to do what I like. So that's always been the, mm. you know, and I've always been a, I probably would, I would say, I've probably been a pretty balanced personality, you know, of don't go, mm. I don't have highs and lows. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty tolerant of other people. Yeah. You know, mm. like I can accept people for being how they are and who they are. And yeah. And I understand all that. Um, yeah. You think running's helped you maintain oh, that unbel- mentally because of the health elements of it? Yeah. Mm. Mentally, it's just kept me on the level. It's, you know, mm. I don't get, I don't get frustrated with people. I get maybe annoyed, but I don't get frustrated or, yeah. I get frustrated and don't get annoyed or whichever way you want to put it. You know, I don't, <laughs> I understand all those things. Um, and then of course we've been, we've done a fair bit. We have, I've only had, only been outside Australia once running and that was, went to New Zealand, but, um, but that was only just because of that opportunity. And I've just not had, haven't had a desire to go overseas. I'm not mm-hmm. that sort of a traveler, but um, we've been at a lot of places around Australia that I'd never have ever been to running, running wise, mm-hmm. been up a good, a lot of good mountains and a lot of good places, met a really lot of wonderful people. So, you know, if I'd have been a stayed at home and done nothing, then wouldn't have had all that. Missed wouldn't it have, out. Yeah, missed out. And like I've I've seen some, you know, some in the running world, I've, you know, sort of been around where there's been a lot of, you know, I lived in Canberra and Robert D. Costello used to say, G'day Steve to me all the time when we see him out in the trails and those awesome. sort of things. And I ran on the track or did track running when Yanos Kouros was breaking world records you know in ultra wow. running around the track you know I've met him a few times mm. you know I understand some of those people and been around a lot of fabulous people especially and you know sort of it's been it's been fa- I wouldn't have changed it I wouldn't have changed yeah. what I've done yeah um from that point of view you know I'm not in in the running world I won't go back and regret that I didn't do anything that I I tried to. Not that I was any good at some of them, but at least I had a go. That's it. And you that's all it was about. Yeah. Except the fact that you're not going to be an Olympic runner and and that sort of standard. So mm-hmm. except the fact that you're going to be middle of the packer and and you enjoy you it. Enjoy it and you know you're not you're not going to finish last, but you're not going to finish first. And as I said, it doesn't matter whether you finish tenth or eightieth, it's still finishing. Mm-hmm. Starting is probably the important thing. And Finishing is the next important thing. So, yeah. Yeah. See I what happens. That. That's awesome. It's all good. It is. Um, all right. Before we wrap up and before I ask you for some beginner's tips, because I've kept you ages yeah. so much, so it's got dark where you are. <laughs> it has. It's, yeah. it's quite funny what you get early. Um, oh, yeah. Is there anything about running? So, this isn't the beginner tips, but just in running no. in general that you would like to share that we haven't touched on in our journey through your life? Um, Beginnings, beginners trip. Um, so I'll ask this, you about yeah. some tip, tips for beginners in a minute, but just for I think you know, just running in general. A little, a little while ago, we had a um, the girls from the physio place in Hobart gave us a had a little series of um, mm-hmm. uh, sessions at Hobart yeah. Trail Running on a Wednesday night, um, and they were really good because what it did was reinforce that what I'd been doing all my life is what they are teaching people now so you know the real basics of running you know the old 10 percent rule don't increase anything by 10 more than 10 percent um um, don't do too much too soon um you can't you can't constant you can't increase speed and distance and elevation and uh, time on feet all at the same time because something is going to give 
mm -hmm. if you get the basics right, then you won't get injured. And not being injured, I think, is the biggest yeah. um, secret to success in running. Mm -hmm. If you don't, if you're, if you're forever fighting injury, which then leads to, yeah, which means mm -hmm. that then you leads to um, doing too much because you've missed out on mm -hmm. things. So you do too much and then you get injured again. Yeah. And if you get, if you do too much and run yourself down, then you start to get sick. You catch mm -hmm. any little disease that's going around. People come in and sneeze and you'll get, you'll yeah. catch a cold and yeah. that'll put you out again for another three or four days, you yeah. know, you'll, or a week, you'll get the flu. That'll put you out for two weeks. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, and we're not, not even mentioning COVID. So don't, no. you know, <laughs> we don't mention that. So just basic <laughs> sickness things. If you don't, if you stay healthy enough, then you can run for a long time. Yeah. Love it. And and a little bit with you going out for put the raincoat on and go out, you know, experience all the seasons. You know, don't yeah. be frightened to put the coat on and, and run in the rain or don't be frightened yeah. that it's it's too cold. So just put another layer on and a pair of gloves and a beanie and And I would run. say get changed as soon as you finish. Like to me, get that's yeah, for me. Exactly. I to, if I got wet and especially yeah. sweaty or rain. Um, yeah. If I just change my top, I don't actually have to change my bottom necessarily, but it's usually yeah. my top because that's where you get your yeah. chill. That's through your yeah. chest. Yeah, those sort of things. If you can go and have a quick hot shower. Mm. And the other thing, I mean, I haven't mentioned this, but I've always been a big advocate for cold water recovery. Oh, wow. You know? So That's interesting. always. And it goes back to, I read it in a book. Yeah. I read it in a book. And it was a Robert D. Costello wrote a column in a triathlon book way back in about the 1990s. Oh, 90s. 90s we were living yeah. in 1990s. I was living in Canberra. It was in a triathlon book, left on a on a bench somewhere at a running event. Wow. And I read this column about, he used to, when he was running his best marathons, you know, his, well, yeah. called time yeah. marathons. He used to go home because he lived in Chapman. I knew where his house yeah. was. He used to go home and put the the cold water in, in from the hose over his legs, you know, because Canberra yeah. water in, in winter is cold. I bet. Cold, cold, freezing yeah. cold. Yeah. And he used to put the cold water over his legs. So I'd lived about one kilometre from the Mar uh, I worked about a kilometre from the Murrumbidgee River yeah. in Canberra. So I was only about four k's from home. And I used to go down to the Murrumbidgee um, at Pine Island, it was called, and summer and winter and just go and stand in the cold water for wow. 10 minutes, so 12 and to 15 minutes. Like that really help? And unbelievably does it help. Interesting. It is one of the secrets to running recovery you will ever get. Um, it just chills down the cells in the muscles, um, mm -hmm. cold, not hot. Uh, the physio people will all say hot water. I always say cold water and the colder, the better. And it, to me, it's the same as the footballers with their ice baths. Yeah, you go, they go into the ocean or the ice bath. In the they, ice yeah. baths. Um, what do you see after a horse has ran the runs in a, in a race? They put the hose on him. What do they do on a Saturday, on a Sunday morning? They take the horse down to the beach and take him for a walk in the ocean. Mm. Um and it's the same thing. And sure, the water will be cold. It won't be cold enough in summer. The water temperature in Bastrate or the Derwent or the Murrumbidgee are always a little bit too warm in summer. Oh, you know, that, <laughs> I don't know about that. I feel like there, it's, it's I've got too, less tolerant the older yeah, I've got with the no, cold no, no, water. You can, get, you can get used to that. Um, if the water temperature is about 18 or 19 degrees, it's too warm. Okay. Um, Bastrate at the moment is 14 and a half degrees. Is it, it was really? the other day down at uh, one of the girls at down at Penguin when I was down there the other yeah. day, said the best rate temperature is 14 and a half, still fractionally too warm. 
Um, I grew up. Dirt- um, I grew up on King Island. Yeah, it always felt cold there. It's cold. <laughs> Um, oh, and the Murrumbidgee was, you know, look, if if you feel as though you've got a, um, it's too cold, if you get in for 30 seconds and it, and it gets to be really painful, just get out, wait for okay. the pain to go away, get back in again, one minute, get back out, wait for the pain to go away, get back in after that. You're, you're done. You're done. It's, you know, you get yeah. used to the cold and stay yeah. in there as long as you can. Yeah. Yeah, cold yeah. water. Recovery is, and we haven't really touched on it, but recovery is probably the, second biggest um lesson that i would give anybody in running because if Mm. you can do the training today but if you can't recover to run again tomorrow then Mm. your consistency goes out the door because you're back to starting again the day later you know you yeah it's a bit like running up and down mountains it's you don't get injured going up running up or walking or power walking up a mountain you get injured from the from going down that's where Mm -hmm. you're get sore your knees get sore so you've got to go and recover so if you can't get that part of it right then you can't go and repeat it the next day or the day after that Mm. so if you can't get that part right that's when you get injured you know you'll finish up with injuries if you can't get recovery right yeah and then you try and do too much and that's why i can have a look at my strava i I do four thousand meters of uphill every week wow you know two hundred thousand meters of uphill last year and you know i didn't get a didn't get sore spots, nothing, didn't get sore, didn't get That's tired. That's amazing. Well, there's and certainly something for all of us to learn there, isn't there? Well, it's pretty straightforward and it doesn't get much coverage. of. Um, I think I read um, Henny's book on um, the guide to trail running or something, and she yeah. didn't put a real lot of mention into recovery. A lot of it was, yeah. oh, you know, stretching and that sort of thing, but it doesn't help the muscles actually recover. Mm. Um yeah, and I've always been, that's been my biggest thing. And um, you always see me putting up photos of down at the, down in the river, standing in the, in the cold water. In the cold water. Yeah. yeah. And the colder it is, the better. It's not, it's not, you know, you don't have to be stupid, but once you, once your body goes numb, then, then it's the benefits of start, start to be there. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll have to give Cold that a go. Recovery. I'll go walk into the tamer, which I've got. To well, see. that'll do if you can find a nice clear spot. I mean, we're not we're not talking swimming. We're only talking waist deep standing. Yeah. Just, you know, don't forget where all your your work walk workhorse muscles in your body are sort of yeah. from the lower back down, down through your glutes, down through your hamstrings. So yeah, we're true. not swimmers. We don't have to get into the cold water up to our shoulders. We're not. Yay. <laughs> Oh, and on that, that's silly. <laughs> oh, too cold. All right, Steve. It has been amazing to get to know you. Before right. we go, what um, would you say to someone who came and said to you, Steve, I want to start running, and these, you know, especially these mountain runs that you do. What would you yep. tell them? How do you get started? Oh, how would you tell someone to just get started? Started. Oh, yeah, look, the beginning. Yeah, just find something that's not too hard, mm-hmm. and just go and find yourself you don't have to be a train like a like an elite just go and do it and the more you do it the better you'll get yeah and the easier it'll get yeah and then just slowly gradually consistently do do a little bit more yeah and don't forget to have a have a few rest days in there somewhere just to recovery yeah Yeah. and then you'll find you will find the thing that you're best at not necessarily good at the thing yeah. that you're best at and, and you enjoy because if you if you're good at yeah. something or at least you feel like you're achieving yeah 
you want to keep doing that, don't you? We yep. all like yep. keep doing yep. something. We and feel then like at we're some point, well. at some point, you will plateau and feel as though you're not getting anywhere, and that's the time to start to per- persevere, mm-hmm. even at that level. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you will something will happen, yeah. and you will go to the you'll start the improvements again. They will yeah. come. But yeah. you have to plateau and you have to just be persistent yeah, and be co- consistent. Yeah, consistency is so important, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Mm. yeah, and that's all there is to it. Other than that, 10% rule. Yeah. Don't do anything, you know, don't, don't exceed too much. Don't do too much yeah. too soon. Yeah. And so then sooner or later, I mean, people will start, not necessarily with trail running, but people will find that they're good at some part of running. You know, you'll find yeah. that you might be, um, you know, 5k park run might be what you are really mm. good at but you can't run 10k yeah. or you can you can run 5k but you can't run a half marathon because you know not everybody is built to run yeah. hills and not everybody yeah. is built to run road yeah. and not everybody is built to run um you know fast mm. so everyone's maybe, built you, to run <laughs> but everybody's <laughs> built to run that is exactly right exactly right yeah. i love that. and th- in the long run it's all about do it because you enjoy it, not because you want to be, you know, because your friends do it or, you know, yeah. you want to do it. You want to do it because you you love it and it becomes yeah. part of your life. It just becomes mm. um, something that um, like you look nature. forward. You've got to look mm. forward to it. You don't want to yeah. be there um, obsessed or you don't want to become, um, uh, what's the like word? Make it a job. Make yeah, it a it's task not a job. It's not a yeah. task. It's something yeah. that you think, oh, can't wait and to then, go for my run. <laughs> yeah, and and don't don't be obsessed with running it. You know, just remember that walking is part of running. Yes, that's true. And running is part of walking. So, you know, except if you're running a, a marathon, and this is the difference between road and and trail. Yeah. If you're running a ten k or a half marathon or even a marathon with a big group of people around mm-hmm. on the road, you wouldn't be seen dead walking yeah. unless you know you don't want to be seen walking. <laughs> On a in a road event, but unless you're really, you know, yeah. down the back and nearly had enough. Yeah. But if you're on a trail and you start walking, people say, "Oh, geez, they're smart, aren't they?" You know, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's the that is the really the clever thing to do is to walk up the hills and and yeah. and jog down the hills. They're conserving. Mm. Yeah, you, you're playing the smart game. So yeah, just be yeah, smart about it. what you do. Yeah. Just be think about what you're doing and why you're doing it, and that's awesome. just get out there, and enjoy it, and don't forget to take the camera. Take some photos. Yes. Let everybody yeah. know what you're doing. That's right. Share it far and wide. Share it and make them jealous that they are still at work when you're out <laughs> running on a through the week. <laughs> I love um, it. All right, Steve. Don't so jump. Easy. Don't jump off because I want to um, talk to you off the recording as well. Yep. But no um, thank you so much. I really have um, enjoyed our conversation, learning more about you and. I gosh, I, I feel that. like I don't go up and up, up enough hills. That's what I feel. No. Oh, we love it. We found something you don't that I'm good at. <laughs> something I'll I enjoy. It's beautiful. So thank yeah. you for sharing your time with us. No um, as I said, I hope you, your hope you found it interesting. I hope you find um, the people that listen to it will find it interesting as well. I'm sure that they very are. good. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body Podcast. I'd love to talk to you about your running journey. Send me a message on Facebook or on the website, and let's do it. I also wanted to let you know that I've created an email list so you won't miss any podcast episodes. You'll find details in the show notes and on the Fit Mind Fit Body website 
along with a bunch of resources on mindful running. They'll help you to get and stay mentally and physically fit. And I'll see you there. Plus, I'll be back here in your podcast player a few times a week. Hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And before you go, I'd really appreciate it if you would leave a review. It'll help more people to find the podcast and get inspired to start running and ultimately to improve their life. See you soon.